Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Button. Button. Who's got the button? Robert Gazelman's got the button. It's on his uniform just above his belt. And when the fifth button down on his bloused out uniform got brushed by a Josh Raven fastball, everything swung in the favor of the Mets on Friday night. Saved by, not the bell. Yep. Saved by the button. Mets 5, Braves 3 in 12. Who's ready to hear a podcast about that? Come on! It's your Daily Mets Podcast. It's your Daily Mets Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Mets are doing. It's your Daily Mets Podcast. It's your Daily Mets Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Mets Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lubin. Rushed by a button. It's like touched by an angel, only better. If I was going to be touched by an angel, I would probably pick Ian Kinsler, but that's, that's neither here nor there. And I, well, I don't even know what that means. Why would I say that? Because it's late. I'm doing this podcast at midnight. This is not July 4th, 1985, Mets and Braves in Atlanta, but there are fireworks. If you do hear them in the background, uh, that, that you're not going crazy. There are fireworks here in Atlanta. But I've got the music turned up, so maybe you, you don't even hear them. This is Josh Lewin, and I'm going to take you through what happened on a Friday, basically into Saturday night, north of Atlanta. They start these games at 7.35 because nobody can get to the stadium before then. And the Mets had already won a 12-inning game once this year when Joanna Cespedes just kind of poked one into the outfield. Would you believe they, they did it again? 12 days after the other 12-inning win. Once again, it was Cespedes with a real absence of exit velo. But exit velo be damned, his third game-winning hit of the year. They've all been kind of soft little shots into the outfield, but they've all counted. And the Mets are now 14-5 and as they outlast the Atlantans. Let's take you back. The Mets continue to win the close games, and that's, that's a good thing. This one happened despite a few things. Despite Jay Bruce with a misjudging of a fly ball. Despite Wilmer Flores being out by a fingertip at home plate. Despite Esdrubal Cabrera dropping a relay throw and a Noah Syndergaard wild pitch and having a two-on-nobody-out situation in the 11th and then doing nothing with it. All those things actually did happen, but none of them mattered. And that's kind of how it's been going for the Mets so far this year. It's a very cool thing to report. Noah Syndergaard started this game. He has still never beaten the Braves. Five tries at it now. It's the only team he has yet to beat that he's faced more than twice. He's had five shots at him. Hasn't gotten it done. He was matched up against another big guy, Sean Newcomb. This was about 500 pounds of pitcher, a little bit more than that, 505 pounds combined between Newcomb and Syndergaard. And they each went six innings in this game. They were each okay. Both absolutely say they, they've had better nights. But they did just enough to make this an interesting ball game, a 3-3 game through six. Atlanta struck first. Ozzy Albies, a home run off Syndergaard. And this was noteworthy. That was a 100-mile-an-hour pitch, actually 99.6. We round up. It was the fastest pitch taken deep of any Major League pitch all year. 
course, it is only April 21st, but still pretty impressive to turn around a 100-mile-an-hour pitch. And Albies now, you're talking about 16 extra base hits, 19 games into the season. Only other Brave ever to do that, Hank Aaron did it in 1959 so Albies is for real a lot of these Braves are they've got the best batting average in the National League by 15 points right now so when Noah Syndergaard was having a tough time getting the strikeout pitch to to actually activate I don't know how much of that was Syndergaard it might just be that the Braves make a lot of contact only Sean Newcomb struck out 14 batters along in this game no relation to Don Newcomb for many reasons but uh, one of them is that this particular Newcomb can't hit a lick. He is now one for 35 lifetime. Don Newcomb, the Brooklyn Dodger great, hit 271 as a pitcher. 15 home runs in his career. That is not Sean Newcomb. Mets came back with a two-run third inning. An eight-pitch at bat by Tomas Nito resulted in a single. A really strong at bat from a guy who's trying to convince everybody he belongs on this team. Rosario then doubled him in and went to third on a throwing error. Michael Conforto lofted a sack fly. Good job, lefty versus lefty by Conforto. So the Mets had a 2-1 lead. They would then make it 3-1 in the fourth inning. Wilmer Flores, opposite field single. That was able to get Todd Frazier around. He had walked and stolen a base. Todd Frazier is tied with Juan Ligaris for the team lead in stolen bases right now. Ligaris had two steals in one inning at City Field last week. Frazier now has two for the year himself. 3-1 Mets at that point. Braves started their comeback in the bottom of the fourth inning. Ryan Flaherty is hitting with all kinds of luck right now. He's got a horseshoe jammed up some unmentionable orifice, I believe. Flaherty came in hitting 352 with a BABIP of 488, meaning if he puts the ball in play at all, he's about a 50-50 shot to actually get a hit. Nobody else is doing that. And these two hits that he had tonight, first one off of Syndergaard, he just rolled it to Syndergaard, and somehow Noah couldn't find it. It was like a, if you've ever tried to figure out the, the bounce of a lacrosse ball, if you've ever played lacrosse in a cul-de-sac, if that ball skips on the asphalt, it could bounce like 19 different ways, and that's what that looked like. Syndergaard just kind of escorted the ball along, never could touch it, and it went as a base hit. In the fourth inning, Flaherty, a double, credited as a double, over the head of Jay Bruce. I don't know what happened there. Jay Bruce just kind of froze, ball went sailing over his head, and that got the Braves to within 3-2. to two. They would tie it with the Braves in the sixth inning. Nick Markakis doubled. And when they had a shot, the Mets did, to, to get Markakis going into second base on kind of a hustle double as Jubal Cabrera dropped the throw. A relay throw coming in, and, and that would have had him had he held on. But uh, Markakis ruled safe. Wild pitched along the third by Syndergaard, his first wild pitch of the year. Kurt Suzuki then lofted a sacrifice fly. He's a very tough guy to strike out, and that's what that situation was calling out for. But Suzuki, only two strikeouts in 53 plate appearances this year. The sacrifice fly, a 3-3 game. Then everything just went dark for a while. It was an 0-for-12 against a 1-for-12. The Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets between the 7th inning and the 11th inning. Just virtually nothing happening at all until the Mets... Looked like they maybe had it done in the top of that 11th. Frazier reaching on an error after his Drupal Cabrera had watched, so it was two on and nobody out. But then Flores popped out, Bruce flied out, Tomas Nito struck out, and the Mets had to wander on to the bottom of the 11th inning. And the Braves threatened against Robert Gazelman. It was a walk and a single, but then Preston Tucker struck out. 
and on we went to the very eventful 12th inning. And, and a quick note, by the way, the Mets bullpen, it wasn't just Gazelman. You had Lugo in there, you had Ramos in there, Familia would ultimately close it out. But six innings of one hit, no run baseball. All the panic about the bullpen from that one night to start the week against the Washington Nationals. The bullpen was basically exactly the opposite of all that in this game on Friday night. And when the Mets had their chance in the 12th inning, they didn't miss. We mentioned the Gazelman hit by pitch is what got it going. Hit on the button. And I had to, to look this up. It's pretty weird. We joke about Gwinnett, the suburb of Atlanta where they have their, their AAA team. And we, you know, we wonder what the heck is a Gwinnett. Well, it turns out Gwinnett is the last name of, of a long time ago governor of Georgia. Guy's name was Button. Button Gwinnett, really. And sure enough, a button on the jersey. Uh, Robert Gazelman got hit by a Josh Raven pitch. That is so Raven. And uh, it set it up for a sacrifice bunt from Ahmed Rosario. Conforto popped out, so you're thinking, oh man, here we go again. Two outs, and you leave it to Cespedes, who had already struck out four times in this game. He struck out 34 times already this year. That leads the National League. But Cespedes also finds a way, doesn't he? And it wasn't a blast. It was just a little roller into right field. Gazelman had to come around and score. That's no easy thing, but he did. And as Drupal Cabrera would then double in another run for a little bit of insurance, Familia locked it down for his eighth save in the bottom of the 12th. Gazelman may be the player of the game, and he met with Wayne Randazzo afterwards. Here's that conversation. Robert, we've talked about being a reliever a lot already this season, but for you to come in and help this team win one late, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. You know, that was great team baseball. We've been playing, playing team baseball all year, and uh, just, you know, just keep it going. You can keep having fun with each other. Yeah, of course, you've uh, got a great starters background, so hitting, running the base is nothing unusual to you, but uh, come home in a big spot. What were you thinking rounding third there? Uh, I got to score. I, you know, you got to get that run in, and uh, sure was waving me. I tried to, you know, uh, move fast as I can, you know, I got there, and I'm uh, happy I did. Did you do the salt and pepper shaker there after you got hit by a pitch? Is that kosher with Frazier? Uh, you know, I had to get one in, you know. I'm happy, you know, I got on base and you know, I got to do the salt and pepper. It's a lot of fun. Hi, Robert. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, couldn't quite believe that the, the salt and pepper celebration was invoked on a hit by pitch where the body wasn't even touched by Gazelman, just the uniform. But okay, it works. Mets win it 5-3, 5-9-0 for the winners, 3-8-2 for the losers. A game played in... Well, I was going to say in front of 39,016. Hardly that many people around at the end when they had the big fireworks show. And I mentioned that <laughs> the, the Mets and Braves once played a very famous fireworks night game that went a lot longer than that, the epic Rick Camp game. Rick Camp hit a homer, Keith Hernandez hit for the cycle. A lot of other interesting things happened in that July 4th into 5th game, 1985. A game that probably should have never been played. There were rain delays that left a, an outfield swamp out there at Old Fulton County Stadium. But as Rick Camp came to the plate in the bottom of the 18th inning, you could see Gary Carter emphatically waving the Mets outfielders in so they'd be in position to catch what would surely be just a, a weak little blooper if Camp even made contact. He was a career 060 hitter. And then, of course, he homered. John Sterling was the voice of the Braves back then, and he kind of predicted that home run. Strangely enough, I don't think he, he sang or anything, but as Camp went to the plate to face Tom Gorman, who was in his sixth inning of relief, by the way, Sterling turned to, to Ernie Johnson and said, Ernie, if, if he hits a home run to tie this game, this will be certified as absolutely the nuttiest game in the history of baseball. And then exactly 25 seconds later, Camp homered. Anyway, that was then. This is now. The Mets didn't need all that 
to get this done. They needed 12 innings and not 18. There were no rain delays. And Mickey Calloway met with the media afterwards. Here's what he had to say after a very satisfying win. You know, I don't think he worries about what's happened. You know, you see Sess coming in every day, and whether things are going good or bad, he's the same guy. He just comes here to play baseball. You can tell he loves it. And that approach, uh, you know, usually ends up working out in the long run. So do you not sense anything different in those at-bats where he seems to come through? Does he simplify anything, change anything at all? No, I think it's the same approach. You just uh, sometimes you get hits and sometimes you don't. As long as you have a good approach in the long run, you're going to you know come out better than you would otherwise. How long could Selman have gone? He could have gone another two or three innings, and that's what we were counting on. I mean, that's why we sent him back out. We were, you know, it was down to him, Familia, and Blevins. So we had two innings left after uh, Gesellman comes out of the game. And uh, you know, when you're on the when you're on the road, it almost takes two innings once you get that guy out of the game. So we had to send him up there. He did a good job of getting hit by by, by a ball. <laughs> With Cespedes this month, not a great hitting month for him, but three. Game-winning hits, none of them particularly well struck. What do you make of the way his weeks have played out? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think um, you know, big hits and and three wins is means a lot to a team. Um, probably more than if he was hitting 340. So I guess we'll take it, and I think he will too. You know, he just wants to go out there and win games. Is Kesselman different? than most pitchers for you the way you view him when he's out on the base pass to the athleticism? Yeah, absolutely. Because we thought, okay, do we need to pinch run Reyes? But, uh, you know, there might be one ball that Reyes can score on that Gesellman can't. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you saw the long strides. He made it in there easy. So, yeah, the athleticism, even to send him up there and hit, uh, makes a difference. Hey, uh, how nice was it to see uh, Nito get a couple guys? Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, you know, he relaxed. He he didn't try to be too quick. He just made good, strong, thro accurate throws. So that was really nice. Have you seen an evolution with him in his short time, even at the plate? Two of his at-bats tonight seemed like he, he really worked the count pretty well and, and fought. You know what? He's a confident kid, and uh, he knows he's a good catcher and a good baseball player. So, you know, I think the, the more time goes on, the more comfortable he gets. He's going to settle in, and he seems to be doing that a little bit. What made you call for a pitch out at that particular time and get the gun? Um, that was uh, Glenn Sherlock. He just great timing. He, you know, he called it and it was, you know, really good. What'd you make of Noah tonight? You know, I thought he threw the ball well. Um, uh, you know, as well as as well as he can. You know, they 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 grinded out some bats. These guys are are on top of the world. You can see it in the way they play. It's fun. It's kind of fun to watch them play over there. You know, they got good young guys mixed with some good veterans and uh, they got a really good team. And I thought they, they probably, in a couple innings, they made Noah throw, you know, just over 20 pitches and kind of ran his pitch count up. But I thought he threw the ball fine. So that's the skipper after a 5-3 victory over the Atlanta Braves to square this series at 1-1. One and one. Tonight, Jacob deGrom against Julio Tehran. It was a very strange ride for Tehran last year, and no place was that more apparent than in this new home stadium of his. SunTrust Park did not exactly welcome Julio Tehran with open arms. He had terrible numbers at this ballpark, 3-10, 5.86 ERA. The other thing we should point out about Tehran is you can run on this guy. He allowed 26 stolen bases a year ago. That led the National League by five. And also, for whatever reason, he's hit Jacob deGrom in the past. Three for six lifetime against him. So that's what deGrom is up against in a 7-10 first pitch. Then the Sunday finale at 135. That'll be Zach Wheeler on the mound 
against the tough-to-pronounce Mike Fulton Evans. Once again, the final score of this one, and a really interesting game it was. The Mets take it in 12, the final 5-3. And that'll put a lid on this edition of the Daily Mets podcast, something we hope you're downloading every single day and telling all your friends about because we really like to do this show for you. And if you can tell more people about it, then more people are happy in the world and uh, neighbors greet each other in in wonderful ways and and it just you pay it forward and you've read books you know where where i'm going with this do something nice for somebody tell them about the dmp oh that that's the abbreviation we use by the way hope you like it because we're not changing it it is once again write it down the daily mets podcast and it's back right here tomorrow see you guys Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.